You're listening to a podcast from Seesaw Magazine. I'm Rosalind Appleby and today I'm chatting with the Honourable Kim Beasley, Governor of Western Australia. Thank you for hosting us at Government House for this conversation. It's lovely to have you here, Rosalind. It's, uh, it's terrific and I look forward to a chat. Now we're sitting in the music room, which is appropriate given that this is a conversation about the arts. Are you a closet musician, Governor? No, I am certainly not. Do you ever um, sit out there in that hall I, and tinkle I, I did, on the piano? I did do music for my matriculation when I was uh, a, a high school student, which was a product of accident. <laughs> my uh, my mother had booked a series of uh, piano lessons uh, when I was late primary school for my sister who didn't actually want to do them, but she'd already paid for them. So I got sent off to learn the piano. And uh, I, uh, my exam piece was uh, uh, the final one, which was for the leaving, as it was called then, matriculation. And I played Fur Elise and I shut the piano and I didn't open it again. Oh, dear. Which disappointed her and I now regret it profoundly. <laughs> but um, I could never claim to be a musician. But since you've been governor in 2018, you've been hosting concerts. What's it like having concerts in your front ballroom? <laughs> it's wonderful having in the ballroom, but we also have them because the ballroom uh, for the last little while has been shut while it's being re-roofed. So we were able to do our Restart the Arts programs from about May when it started, we started to open up a bit again, really until last April or this, this last April. And uh, we've since started to have some concerts, some performances in the room behind us, which we call the green room. And it's proved quite good, but nowhere near as good as the ballroom. The ballroom has a, uh, a standard of sound which is second best only to that in the concert hall. Oh, big so call. It's, it's recording standard. Right. And we've been doing quite a lot, or not we, but others have been doing quite a lot of recording in the ballroom over that period of time. Mm, so what would be your dream concert? Well, I, we've had several uh, wonderful uh, dream con- uh, concerts here. Uh, we had a uh, tremendous one from the Velvet Playboys um, and uh, they did a, a great Disney concert which was fabulous for the uh, the kids in particular who yep. attended it, but the yep. adults seem to be getting into it too. That was a terrific concert, but we've had many. And so um, I, I couldn't say that uh, there's any one of them that I'd describe as dream, but you do see some people making their headway. Uh, there's a, a name that you're going to hear a lot of in mm-hmm. the future, a chap named Rohan Zakiria. Mm-hmm. And he is a percussionist and uh, he uh, has uh, left from there basically to go and study in Boston. And I think he has an ambition to do music for film. So right. I, I am looking forward about five or six years from now to uh, to seeing him featured in the credits of uh, many a movie. Tracking Rowan. Tracking yeah. Rowan, yeah. yeah. Fabulous. Now... Kim, you are very much a local boy in that you were born in Subiaco, educated at Hollywood Senior High School, two degrees from the University of Western Australia, and then you went on to serve for nearly three decades in the Australian Federal Parliament. 
And now you have quite a new, very broad perspective on Western Australia as governor. What do you see as our cultural strengths as a state? We have lots and we need to nurture them and support them. And a lot of folk do. But we have uh, in our, our major arts operations, WASO, uh, WA Opera, WA Ballet, we have uh, international class, in the case of WASO world class, uh, performers and uh, we have a, uh, a real, uh, uh, they can perform overseas. So we have a uh, we have some very strong folk at the in the major centres, but there's lots of others as well. And uh, one thing I've become aware of when I since I've been governor is that we've got quite a vibrant arts scene mm. that's really taken a pounding yep. with COVID. Absolutely. And uh, some of it has been capable of being supported, like Wazo, but a lot of it not so sufficiently. And I do worry about the folk here because we've got mm. some wonderful people back here as a result of COVID. We do. And we, we do, do need to take advantage of them. Last night, for example, uh, we had superb performances here um, associated with a function that we did for WA Opera. And I think in uh, particular of Rochelle Durkin, right, yeah. who's straight out of the Met in yes. New York. For 20 years she was there and, oh, what a voice. And then some up, great up-and-comers in uh, Matthew Dixon and Lachlan Lawton, mm -hmm. who are baritones. And then we had Ashlyn Timms, who's a mezzo-soprano, and we were happy to support her in what little way we could because she sung the Australian anthem of our... Our, our six Australian honours functions that we had uh, next door while we were um, getting people to um, uh, get their get their gongs uh, in a much more individualised way than normally we would do because normally we'd do it in the ballroom mm. and you'd only have two functions. We had half a dozen. Mm. And it was just I, I looked forward to the beginning of each one of them <laughs> for so many reasons but one of them was... That we'd hear Ashlyn. The voice. <laughs> She's just great. The music. Yeah. yeah. It brings so much to our lives, the arts. And what you're describing is the breadth of the scene, like the top tier level of performing, but also the, the more emerging and grassroots and that there's That's that right. breadth of Absolutely. quality. So you spent six years as Australia's ambassador to the United States during the Obama administration. What did you observe about cultural life in the US and how does it compare to what you're describing in Perth? It is much more massively supported. Right. If you go through the arts in the United States, 90% of the funds they get, they get from private donations. Yes, yeah. 10% comes from government or government-type things, you know, city councils or whatever, uh, but 90% privately. And the Americans have a philanthropic tradition which we simply don't have. Mm. So you get a lot of, uh, they're obviously the huge donors and you note them particularly in their lead operations, but right through American society, there is uh, the, the music and culture that they absolutely enjoy. And their culture is extremely musical, it's extremely artistic, it's, it's brilliant dramatically. It, it's a, it, it is, for the Americans, it's all consuming. Mm. Uh, and of course, uh, we um, benefit from that ourselves. 
because we watch their product uh, extensively. Mm. So, so we're pretty well aware ourselves of, uh, of the whole varieties of American cultures. So we can't really be compared with that. Mm. Um, on the other hand, we do have very substantial private contribution. We work out, I was told the other night, at about 50-50 about 50% from community, about 50% from government and gov- or government, uh, sorts of governments, state, federal, local. Um, but when you go to Europe, it's pretty well the, the opposite of the mm. Americans. Um, only a, a, a relatively small percentage comes from uh, private contributions and a huge percentage from governments. Governments So we sit halfway between Yeah, them. we do. We're in the middle ground. So what, what are the challenges facing cultural life in Perth? Look, there's, there's a multiple of challenges. There's some really good things that are happening and have happened. I mean, the, the opening of the museum is, is fabulous. It's, it's obviously a great museum, but it's also a great cultural centre. Yeah. And it's right next door to the art gallery and the art gallery is having its improvements done. And you've got State Theatre there. Um, there's a... Uh, um, we, we have a, a strong centre here that we need to strengthen further. I think the next great couple of great leaps I think we're going to take is I think we're going to get a uh, some much-needed work done on the concert hall. Yes. We're going to get um, Whopper shifted into the heart of the city, which will be absolutely transformative for mm. Perth because it'll bring a whole bunch of brilliant kids uh, into the very middle of Perth. They're not that far away at Mount Lawley, but it'll bring them into the very middle of Perth. And, uh, and that's going to be a big plus. We've got uh, serious progress beginning to be made on defining what we need to do about a, a First Nations centre and a, an Anunga centre in, in Perth. It's, yes. it's, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot that we've got forthcoming. And, and there's a, a bit of serious money beginning to be put into it. Mm, so they're things that are all underway. Are there any challenges that we still need to address? We've got to finish them. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a yes. very big challenge and they're not inexpensive. And, of course, we've got uh, the possibility of uh, a, a major uh, film production area in Fremantle. I, I think uh, there's in the, just over the horizon really good things. I think it helps... The, all the, all the major companies and many of the not so major but nevertheless very good do a lot of work around the country, around the state. So the, all of them have, have big regional touring programs. Um, they're enormously well received when they go to places like Albany or up to Caratha or you know, they uh, points between. So there's a sort of missionary zeal amongst a lot of our artists yeah, in making yeah. sure that things go well um, for the totality of the community. And, of course, we're, we're getting the Indigenous community emerging as a very strong cultural centre in themselves with uh, more and more of them aware of the value of their culture in, in terms of both lessons and teaching for us but also entertainment. Mm not just for us, but people mm. who visit the state. Mm. Now, as part of your role as governor, you've spent some time meeting with arts industry leaders and advocating to enrich the arts in Perth. Why are you interested in promoting the arts? It's our heart. You, you, democracy needs a culture. 
Now, some of that, of course, it must be political commitment, that uh, this is an institution which is the best, but very much under challenge globally, and in, some, in the hearts of uh, some democracies as well. But building democracy is about building a character of a society. It's more than just having a vote every few years. It, it's about who you are, what you stand for, what are your values, what's important about what you see and say, how are you capable of articulating it in a way that both reinforces the strength of the community itself but also provides useful examples elsewhere, overseas. And uh, you can't do that if you don't have a strong culture. And you cannot have a strong culture without vibrant arts. Thank you. That was very inspiring. <laughs> it's nice to hear somebody else articulating the value of culture other than me. Kim, do you have a favourite art form personally? No, uh, I love it all. Um, <laughs> That's very I, I, democratic of well, you. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm being trained in, the, you might say, in the, in the classical orientation. I, mean, I, I used to say, and I am ashamed I used to say it, so when people asked me what sort of music I liked, I said, used to say, well, I like both kinds, rock and roll. <laughs> and, uh, and that was my, my childhood. Uh, since I've had this job and, and you look at the wonderful institutions I described earlier on and you go and, and you're invited to see the product of it and they do you the immense honour of accepting to come to the house and to allow me to support them by entertaining in particular their sponsors uh, so that it strengthens them and, and gives them something for... Uh, those who are making such a substantial contribution to them, you, uh, you're quite humbled by it, but you also realise it's a main part of your job, a major part of your job. And uh, so I have changed. My wife has always been uh, oriented towards the arts, uh, but I can't say I have been. Uh, but it's been uh, interesting to track her along too as... Uh, as we do the things that we do. Mm. But it's just that sense, that warm inner glow it gives you uh, when you can be with people of such talent. I mean, the only thing that I do do, uh, I, I do like art um, and that's, uh, but m mine is a sort of, a rather sort of crazy blokes collector's version. <laughs> I, I happen to really find icons, uh, Greek, Russian in particular, um, wonderful art mm. and so I do collect them but um, I can at least afford that. Yeah, yeah. yeah our, our house is wonderfully decorated courtesy of a cousin by marriage with uh, superb Aboriginal art uh, but I think financially that's a bit beyond me. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a particular West Australian artist that you are a big fan of? Well, I always, and this is from a, a long time back, I always liked Guy Gray Smith and um, I liked his work. Uh, uh, more recently, I've been tended 
tending to pick up on the the work done by Aboriginal artists. But um, but I guess if you're going to a sort of mainstream, um, that's that was him I mm. used to find impressive. Mm. Kim, thank you for sharing your thoughts and for the work that you are doing supporting the arts in Western Australia. Well, thank you for interviewing me about it. Thank you for the work you do because we are a, um, we're lucky to have the people we have. We're lucky to have the world's best uh, festival. We sure really. are. And yeah. That'll be coming up, of course, uh, early in the new year. We're very lucky to have Ian Grandage. Uh, I mean, if you're looking at a multi-talented artistic genius, <laughs> I've never quite met anyone He's the as capable as him. Yes. <laughs> He's just yes. fabulous as a composer, a, a musician, conductor. Um, it's he is just. Uh, uh, a stunning first person to have in town. Great that he's the artistic director of the festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we love covering his work, the festival's work, and and the wider art scene in Western Australia. We totally agree; it's a thriving place to live. Thank you. I would like to thank the Honourable Kim Beasley, Governor of Western Australia, for joining me to record this podcast. For more information about the arts in Western Australia, head to seesawmag.com.au and if you like what you're listening to, buy us a coffee while you're there. This podcast was produced by Rosalind Appleby with theme music Newsy Hipster by Josh Hogan and Ned Beckley of Envelope Audio. We acknowledge the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay our respects to their elders past and present.